Peace, uh, you forgot that Christmas is about Jesus. We've got the linebacker in the morning service. I said we're going to get Jarrell after you if you forgot that. So keep looking over your shoulders. You never know if he's going to be there. How many know today that that uh, Jesus is, in fact, the reason for this season? Ah, you know it. You've heard it. You've said it. You maybe even have a bumper sticker that says that. You might be wearing a lapel pin that says it. I don't know. But do you really believe it? That's the question. We've been talking about great Christmas gifts for the past few weeks. And um, we talked about the gift of helping someone in need. And, uh, we just had some wonderful, wonderful stories of things that people have done in response to that. We talked last week about the gift of encouragement. How people need to be encouraged, have their spirits lifted. Today I want to talk about the gift of Jesus. You need to tell someone, help someone, encourage someone, tell someone about Jesus. Jesus said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. And I'm going to tell you this today, that it is, it is difficult to give. There's sacrifice involved. There's sometimes cost involved. But I'm telling you what Jesus has said. This is not my philosophy or my idea. It's not something that I conjured up in my basement in the wee hours of the morning. This is something that comes from Jesus. Jesus himself said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so the greatest Christmas gift that you and I can give anyone this Christmas is to tell someone about Jesus. We read in the Christmas narrative about the shepherds who received an angelic visitation. If you have your Bibles, take them and turn to Luke chapter 2. And I'm going to just read it to you. Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And if you would just read along with me this, these next few verses. That's, are you ready? So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. And so this this morning, I want to talk to you about how you can tell someone about Jesus. How can you share the good news with others? And the very first thing I need to point out to you is that you have to be prepared to make the effort. You've got to be prepared to work at it. Look what it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 16. It says, so they hurried off. 
and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Now we read that verse and we don't think a lot about it, but I need to remind you this morning that that what we what we read in this one little verse in these few words is uh, is really very quite significant because my friends for the shepherds to leave their sheep behind was absolutely uh, a, a big no-no for shepherds shepherds don't leave their sheep for anything or for anyone shepherds Look out for their sheep first. They put their sheep above themselves even. sheep. The sheep come first. And yet, the Bible says, they were willing to leave, to take the risk of leaving their sheep unattended and go to find Jesus. These shepherds were willing to make the effort to leave the sheep behind. They were willing to, to give up sleep and rest and if there are any here who are familiar with with uh, herding sheep or caring for sheep, it's a big job. It's a tiring job. Shepherds lead their sheep around from pasture to pasture to make sure they're well fed, to take good care of them. And at the end of the day, they're exhausted, they're tired, they want to go to sleep. And yet they were willing to make the effort, give up rest, give up sleep, leave the sheep behind. Understand also that these shepherds didn't just say, well, let's go, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's jump into the car and take a spin over to Bethlehem. We're talking, friends, about a long, long walk. Tired shepherds taking a long, hard walk to find Jesus. And my friends, they weren't given an address. They didn't have Google search where they could, they could enter in the coordinates and find Jesus. They had to go look for him. The shepherds are told, go to Bethlehem and find Jesus there, but they're not told where to go. They're not given an address. And so these tired shepherds, these shepherds in need of rest, leave their sheep behind, go on foot in search of a baby just born in Bethlehem. A huge, a colossal effort was made to see Jesus. A cloth, a colossal effort was made to discover Christ. Now, I want you to recognize, I want the Spirit of God to speak to your heart this morning, and I want you to understand today the effort that is involved in sharing the good news about Jesus Christ. Remember, we just read that these shepherds, after having seen Jesus, after having made the effort to see Jesus, went immediately from there to tell everybody the good news. I'm going to tell you something. There is no spreading the good news without a big effort, without risk, without sacrifice, without personal expense. And yet, and yet, we as Christians... If asked, what is our job in this world? We would be the first one to say, I know, I know, pick me, I know the answer. It's to tell people about Jesus. And guess what? Nobody does it. Or not much. Or we say, well, I've sent in my money to Billy Graham and I'm going to let, I'm going to let him take care of that. And yet Jesus gives every one of us the command to go and tell the good news about Jesus Christ. It's our job. 
and it costs something. We cannot escape the effort. We cannot escape the sacrifice, the inconvenience, even the aggravation. When I was a youth pastor, one of the things we did every Christmas is we would round up our, our youth group, and we're talking about little 13-year-olds uh, right up to kids in their 20s. The kids in their 20s, most of them were pretty mature. But how many know that a 25-year-old can be as immature as a 13-year-old? And vice versa. So here we have these rambunctious youth. And I'm thinking to myself, am I, am I getting paid to do this? Do I, is this in my job description? Does it say in the fine print? And by the way, you have to take young people to senior citizens' homes and sing Christmas carols to old people. Does it say, no, it doesn't say that. Did I have to do it? No, I didn't really have to do it. But I did have to do it, my friends, because God has called me to share the good news. And so we round up these, these young people and, and, uh, bring them into these nursing homes and I'm, I'm, scurrying around trying to keep everybody under control because this is a senior citizen's home and youth cannot be youthful in a senior citizen's home because we'll startle the old folks and scare them and frighten them. And I'm I'm ready to pull the hair out of my head. But something happens the minute we walk through those doors. These poor people who are elderly and have been in a chair all day long and have been unable to really move or go anywhere or do anything. They're, they're literally shut in. They're literally prisoners in this place. And suddenly these youth come in with big smiles on their face and lots of energy. And I'm worried that they're going to they're gonna be offensive in some way to the old folks. But the old folks are loving it. And the youth suddenly catch sight of these people, people that they'd never seen before, these Elderly people who are sick, some can't talk, some have strokes, some are paralyzed, some are drooling. And then we begin to sing. And I watch the expression on those young people's faces. As I see, as I see a sincerity and something within them moved with compassion and a realization that they are doing something significant, something special, something divine. And I watch the faces of these senior citizens. And these people who were lifeless when we walked in, suddenly they've got a sparkle in their eye. Suddenly they've got a smile on their face. And you could see them wanting to join in on the Christmas carols. And I know, I know that God has visited our young people and these people we're ministering to. My friends, this is what Christianity is about. Making the effort to go beyond yourself. Making the effort and the sacrifice to reach out and help those who maybe are fearful, are anxious, are worried, are hopeless. Your job and my job as believers is to make the effort to do whatever it takes to see Jesus and tell people about Jesus. This morning, as I'm speaking to you, the Spirit of God is speaking to you. And even as I'm speaking to you, the Spirit of God is, is bringing to your, to your mind someone's name, a neighbor, somebody you work with, 
a family member that you haven't talked to for a few years. And the Spirit of God is speaking to you at this very moment. And he's saying, when the service is done, go phone them. Go write them a card. Go write them a letter. Go next door and bring your neighbor a Christmas card, a Christmas gift. Reach out to that person at work who's going through a rough time. Invite someone over and share the love of Christ with them. The Spirit of God is speaking to you right now. This is the supernatural aspect of the faith. And you know what? I'm going to tell you something. For so many of us, it's so easy to think that Christianity is about coming to church on Sunday and just singing songs and putting some money in the offering plate and, and singing a few Christmas carols and it's over for one week and we'll see you next week, Pastor. How many know there's a difference between the exterior Christian life and the interior Christian life? I'm talking right now about what God wants to do in the interior, in your heart, right here and right now. The Spirit of God speaking to you, and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, right here, right now, that God's telling you to reach out to somebody. And I want to encourage you, in Jesus' name, to make that effort, to make the sacrifice, to open your wallet up, to do whatever it takes to minister to that one that God's bringing to mind. And for some of you, that means you're going to have to cross the street and visit a neighbor. For some of you, it means that you're going to have to turn the TV off, give up a little bit of your free time. For some of you, it means you're going to have to spend a little bit of time in prayer. For some of you, it means you're going to have to open your wallet up. But I'm going to tell you something. The sacrifice, the effort is worth it. The reason I know that is because, first of all, I've experienced it. And secondly, as I read this passage of Scripture, we find that these weary, tired shepherds were so moved and so excited after they had made the effort. Did they go back to their sheep and go to sleep for the night? No way. They were too excited. They had to tell somebody about it. I remember the very first sermon I preached when I was a youth pastor and I made an altar call and asked if there were any that wanted to accept Jesus into their life. And four, four girls put up their hands. Four girls who were invited by Gloria's younger, younger sister, Elizabeth. Elizabeth knew in her heart that God wanted her to make the effort to invite her friends to youth. And those kids came and they gave their heart to Jesus. I can tell you, that the effort, the work involved in doing youth ministry is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt worth it. And I can tell you that I could not go to bed after that. I was on the phone. I was phoning everybody. I was phoning people. I went to Bible school. I was phoning my mother, my father. My, I was phoning my brothers and my sisters. I was telling everybody about the fact that these kids in youth ministry, my youth ministry, came to Christ. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Have you experienced the joy of touching someone's life? Have you experienced the profound joy of touching someone's heart? It'll never happen unless you're willing to make the effort. If you're to tell someone about Jesus, then you have to make the effort. The other thing you have to do is you have to see Jesus yourself. Does that make sense? Luke 2, 17 says, when they had seen him. It was after they had seen him that they went out spreading the good news. Now, I'm going to tell you something right now. Are you ready for this? 
It's absolutely impossible to tell someone about Jesus if you have not seen Jesus yourself. You cannot share your faith with somebody if you have no faith. You cannot be excited about sharing Jesus with somebody if you don't know Jesus yourself. And this is what I'm saying. It's easier. It's easy to be what I call an exterior Christian without having an interior spiritual life where Jesus is real to you personally, where you enjoy fellowship with Christ personally, where you spend time in prayer, where you spend time in the Word, and God speaks to you. When's the last time God spoke to you? And you said, Pastor, I didn't know I was supposed to hear voices. I'm not talking about hearing voices, friends. I'm talking about simply reading your Bible and letting the Spirit of God speak to you from that Word. That's my experience on a day-to-day basis. You say, but Pastor, you're, you're a pastor, you're paid to be good. <laughs> and you know my response to that is, you're good for nothing. <laughs> Listen, my friends, you can experience Christ speaking to you even as I experience Christ speaking to me. But the thing is this, is that you've got to take your time, take the time to see Jesus, to experience him, to know him personally. You've got to spend time in the word. You have to, you have to know him personally. Most believers have heard of but never experienced for themselves the Jesus who saves. They've come to church all these years. They've sung the songs. They've done, they've done all those, the religious things. But they don't really know them, know Christ personally. Jesus has not really touched your heart, not really transformed your heart. You can't, you'll never be telling anybody about Jesus if Jesus hasn't touched you. I mean, there's nothing more ridiculous in all the world than someone who's trying to tell people about Jesus, but they remain untouched by Christ themselves. It's, it's ludicrous. We call it hypocritical. We call it fake. And the world calls it ridiculous. I want to ask you a question this morning just to see whether or not Jesus is, in fact, touching your heart. Because some of you are sitting here saying, well, Pastor, how do I know if Jesus has touched my heart? Well, I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked. If you've got feelings of fear and anxiety in your heart, if you've got feelings of anger and bitterness, if you've got feelings of, if you're greedy, if you're experiencing even guilt in your heart today, then Jesus hasn't touched you yet. But I'm telling you today that Jesus can touch you. And I wanted to show you this video clip now. Scotty, if you could show that. See the difference. What happens when Jesus touches your heart? What kind of transformation takes place? Some of us today need to do what this man in the video clip does. This man's anger, bitterness, hurt, hopelessness was given to Jesus, and Jesus turned his life around. That's what happens when you see Jesus. There's nothing more irresistible than the life of someone who has been transformed by Christ. Nothing more irresistible. Have you seen Jesus? See, Pastor, it's been a few years since I experienced Christ in that way. This Christmas, can I encourage you to take some time to bend your knee to Christ and get your life turned around again. Get reconnected. Take time to hear the voice of Jesus. 
see him once again and get your joy back, get your hope back, get your peace back. Because this is what it means to be a Christ follower. The Bible says that after the shepherds had seen the baby Jesus, it says they went out and spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. How many remember that that song you learned? Maybe you learned, I learned this in school, Go Tell It on the Mount. Anybody remember? I learned that in grade four. The whole school would sing it. I don't know if they sing it anymore. I don't think so. Go tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain. Who's born? And Jesus Christ is born. Wow. That's exactly what these shepherds did. They should have, you know, if they were, if they were responsible shepherds, they would have turned back to their sheep and had a good nap so that they would be good for the next day. But no, they had good news they had to share. They had to get out there and spread the word. Luke 2, 10 and 11, it's, the angel says this to the, to the shepherds, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's the good news that they are spreading. That's the word. Notice that, that the angels refer to Christ with two titles. They call him Savior and Christ the Lord. Most of us have heard those terms all, all of our lives. It goes in one ear and out the other. has no great significance to us. Well, can I just remind you what it means to have Jesus as our Savior? If, if anybody here has ever taken a course in anthropology, if there, maybe there's some anthropologists here, I don't know. But one of the things I can tell you is this. In the study of humanity from the beginning of recorded history till now, Mankind has been preoccupied with two things. First of all, with death and the afterlife. And the second thing is preoccupied with guilt and shame and making atonement for that sin or making atonement for that guilt. That's been the theme throughout history. With or without the presence of Christianity or Judaism, that has been in the hearts of mankind. This is what the writer of Ecclesiastes says. He says that we've been born with eternity on our hearts and we know there's something more. And we know that death is not right. And we know that there's got to be more to it. And here's now why it's so significant that the angel comes along and says, Jesus is going to be your Savior. Because Jesus the Savior conquers death and dying so that you don't have to worry about the afterlife. You don't have to worry about death if you put your faith in Him. He's given us the gift of eternal life. And secondly, not only does He give us eternal life if we put our faith in Him, but He takes away our sin. And we don't have to sacrifice animals. We don't have to sacrifice people. We don't have to throw anybody into any volcanoes because Jesus came to this earth to be the sacrifice for all of humanity. He's your Savior and He's mine. And there's a world out there that's carrying fear about death They're carrying a load of guilt and shame and they're waiting to hear about someone who can take away their sin, 
Take away their guilt. Take away their shame. And give them hope concerning their eternity. My friends, that's the good news. That's the good news. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to men on whom his favors rest. No wonder they went out spreading the word. But not only is he our Savior, he's Christ the Lord. And as Christ the Lord, he came to this earth to show you and to show me how to live. How many know today that Jesus' commandments, the scripture that guides us, these are not suggestions. This is, this is clear instruction and guidance on how to live this life so that you can live a good and happy life. Jesus came that you might have life and have it what? More abundantly. God is not some kind of a cosmic party pooper. He has come, my friends, to bring you life. And he sets for us an example that we should follow in his steps. Christ the Lord, our master, tells us what to do. And as his followers, we do what he says and find hope and find life and find joy and find happiness. Because that's what God wants for you. And I'm going to tell you this. And I make no, make no uh, apologies for saying this, but anybody who does not follow Christ and do what Christ says is going to face unspeakable agony and pain in their life. You've got to do it God's way. Christ the Lord, our Master, came to show us the way, to show us how to live, what to do, what not to do, to lead us into all truth, Look, to deliver us from evil. He calls us to live his way. Folks, there's a whole world out there that's looking for direction and guidance. And the reason I know is because of all the TV shows that deal with people and their problems. People are looking for answers. How many know today that Dr. Phil is not the answer to all our needs? He comes up with some pretty good advice once in a while, doesn't he? But I can tell you some better advice. I can tell you that Jesus gives us instructions on how to live this life. How many know that Oprah is not Christ? Contrary to what some might think. Oprah is a sweet lady, I'm sure, but she doesn't have all the answers. Jesus has the answers. And there's a world out there that's waiting for you to come along and tell them. And you say, Pastor, I'm not Billy Graham. I don't have my degree in speaking and preaching. I never told you to go out preaching. That's my job. You start preaching, I'll lose my job. Your job is to simply tell people about what Christ has done in your life. To tell them what you've seen, what you've experienced. You don't have to start studying all the apologetics books and all the Augustine and Spurgeon and Billy Graham. Tell them what Jesus did in your life. Has Jesus made a difference in your life? Has your life been changed? Did he give you joy in place of your sorrow? Did he give you peace in place of your confusion? Did he give you hope in place of your despair? That's what people want to hear. And you need to get out there and spread the word and tell people what Jesus has done in your life. 
But if Jesus has not done anything in your life, then you're not going to have anything to share. So you need to get back in touch with Christ so that you can go out and tell someone. On uh, December 24th, December 24th, anybody know what day that is? Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve. We're going to have a special, a very special candlelight service. And what I'm going to do this year is I want to have a service that is very evangelistic. Not a hellfire and brimstone kind of service, but a very simple message that clearly communicates the love of Christ. That's Christmas Eve. And I want to challenge you to go and tell someone. You've got to come to church with me on Christmas Eve at 8 o'clock. And I, uh, I promise you that people will learn something about this little baby born in a manger 2,000 years ago. That there will be a message that, was, that is very clear about who Christ is and what Christ can do for the friends that you bring to church on Christmas Eve. Folks, this is an opportunity. What a great Christmas gift this would be for someone this Christmas. If you would introduce them to your Jesus. Would you show that video clip right now, Scotty? Someone's 